Welcome to episode 283 of In Touch by iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I am your host, Dave Ginsburg, and uh, Chuck Joyner, he's back on the show. How are you doing, Chuck? I am officially the bluebird of happiness tonight, David. Good. Good. Glad yes. to be here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm delighted to be here in spite of uh, the accusations thrown at me at pre-show. <laughs> Speaking of accusations, uh, Jeff Gamut. It's here. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Chuck, in my defense, I just call him like I see him. Hey, that's, <laughs> I've been called worse, Jeff. So, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we both have. Good point. And last, probably it's certainly the not same events, even. Ben, <laughs> think your gear here. How are you doing? Glad you're here. I'm good and involved in zero accusations. All right. That's good. Uh, so we got another great show for you this week. Uh, lots of good amount of, of, of news. Uh, 17.2 is coming. It's going to be here anytime now. Uh, got maybe talk a little bit about VPN and some streaming bundling and all kinds of fun stuff that's out there this week. But let's, uh, let's jump, jump right into news. Um, first story that caught my eye was that, you know, that old Apple first, the first iPhone SE, I had one of those. It's now going to considered vintage. Apple this week has uh, added the original iPhone SE to its vintage obsolete products list. The first one came out in, oh my gosh, it's been seven years, March 2016, which means it's been over seven years. It was sold until wow. 2018, five, and then, and then it had been five years since it was last available for sale, making it eligible for its vintage designation and it continued. The SE line continues on to this day. There's I believe a series there. There's a third gen of that, uh, potentially rumored Mm -hmm. fourth gen. Um, it's a good little phone, but you know, it's no frills. I mean, I, I did try one at one point and I'm like, why do I have this phone when I've been using the, (laughs) the, the top line model all these years? Um, what do you guys think? This is, uh, this is just, Obviously, this continues on with Apple and all their old iPhones. But what do you think, Jeff? Um, You know, the fact that it took this long for the iPhone SE, the original, to become vintage tells me that all the people that complain about Apple forcing obsolescence on us, tone it down. Holy crap, this phone is seven years old. And it's just now being considered obsolete. That's yeah. that's amazing. It is. It is. How about you, Ben? Um, with with my parents, I have dealt with the uh, the original SE. It was a very good phone. Um, in fact, uh, my father went from the. Uh, iPhone 5S to the SE1, which uh, shared its casing. Wow, so that worked out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's honestly, the the simple nature of the phone uh, makes it very, very attractive to those who are not uh, technologically savvy. And as someone who does have to support those who are not who really do not want to be in technology. Uh, 
I'm dreading the day that the I the SE three goes away because oh, I think it's going to be the last phone with the home button. Oh, that's right. Mm. That's right. Mm. Good point. What about, what you, what about you, Chuck? I, I'll echo Jeff's comments. Uh, seven years is a long time with the, given the speed with which phone technology has developed. But I'll also go with what Ben said, um, because it's it's been, you know, for better or worse, it's been a little while since I've done this. But I do feel like there's an opportunity for someone, whether it's Apple or someone else, to give folks and of a certain age, of a certain technological expertise, um, a phone that is just basic. And Ben, you're right. You know, the home button, that was something everybody could understand. Um, and, and they, they cannot, cause you could draw analogies between the way phones used to work. This won't be the case forever because unfortunately time marches on and, you know, the folks that, that need it are going to leave us. But at the same time, we're going to become those folks at some point. And I hope that somebody is designing phones. It may be not this, this group, but, you know, people in our age group, because it still amazes me how many people in our age group are, are sorely lacking in technical skills. And I don't mean, you know, what we do with our yeah. phones or our iPads or our Macs, but right. just the, the very basics and, and freely acknowledge it. Like it's almost a badge of honor of some kind. You know, we've focused some on, um, people who aren't as enthusiastic about technology as we are. Mm. However, there's another segment where this is a, a great phone and it's the people that don't want a phone with a giant screen because it's a fully capable phone. It, it's not like it's a stripped down iPhone because it can do yeah. all the stuff, right. but let's say you have pockets, small pockets on your pants, you know, like they do with women's clothes. Why? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Now you can put a little phone in your pocket and, uh, and it's, it's just a great little thing. So Ben, you're probably right. The SC three is the last one with the home button. Um, if, if my mom's transition from an iPhone seven to an iPhone 14 is any indication the lack of the home button isn't going to be as big a deal as some people fear. Yeah. My, my mom adapted so fast to swipe up, swipe up. Yeah, no, that's true. All right, let's go ahead. I have a, I just have a PSA here. Apple has released a new AirPods Pro 2 firmware, and that it was released uh, this week. It's well for both the Lightning and the USB-C version. It's the firmware version is C6B34 from the 632. Again, Apple never uh, provides any details about what features that might have been included in this refreshed firmware beyond bug fixes and other improvements. Um, the way you can check it is if you go, if you connect your AirPods to your iOS device, open the Settings app. Go under general, tap about, tap AirPods. And you can look for the number next to the firmware version. It'll just update uh, when you when you connect to your phone. I don't think we have to say much else about this other than more of a PSA for uh, uh, the, you're getting some updates for your AirPods. Uh, and uh, the next uh, story here was uh, 
there is a new app out here called Beeper. And it's a it Beeper Mini brings an iMessage to Android with no need for Apple ID signing sign in. Uh, Beeper Mini, which is uh, ostensibly is brought iMessage to Android devices with a no need for the signing in with Apple ID credentials, is launched in the Google Play Store. And the Beeper Mini operates by identifying text message conversations from iMessage users and converts them to the recognizable blue bubbles on their end associated with the Apple exclusive messaging uh, service. Uh, that enables Android users to, uh, to interact with iMessage features such as reactions, threads, high-quality media sharing, group chats without the iPhone users even noticing a difference. So there's, there is continued push to try to get us, those Android users, to work in our iPhone world, right? What do you think of this, Chuck? <laughs> I, you know, the, the backstory seems to be very interesting. Um, I don't feel like... Even though it's been, we've been assured that this does not violate any privacy, it does not compromise anything. I want to see a little bit more about that, but I'm still intrigued by the green bubble, blue bubble thing. That you know, that this makes a difference. But if it does, it does. And so yeah. this kid or this this group, this kid, I guess, was the originator, and then it is he seemed to have gotten some backing and and brought Bieber to life. Um, yep. I just, I, you know, I kind of can't get excited about it. Okay. If you're on an Android phone and you, you appear as a blue bubble, fine. As long as the messages go through and as long as it's not compromising privacy issues. Unfortunately, it seems like that's all we do on all of our shows right. is constantly beat on the privacy thing. But the more we find out about how much our privacy has already been compromised and is being used to sell us or sell to us, you got to ask that question every time something like this comes up. Yeah. Interesting. You don't see any real mention of that in this article about, uh, about, about people with privacy. Um, what do you think, Ben? Um, I'm really interested in this from a technical standpoint. Um, essentially, the whole thing behind it, uh, Beeper is an existing Android app. Uh they um they have they bought uh the code for essentially this hackintoshification of iMessage from a teenager um and were able to completely integrate it to a new app which will eventually become their main app once they get everything over but the way that they do it um Essentially, they they were the kid, uh, the, the kid programmer. He uh, reverse engineered Apple's own protocols, and then used the Hackintosh uh, way of doing things, where they pretty much spoof a uh, a serial number. Uh, yeah, they're they're spoofing certificates. Yeah. Essentially, having watched uh, Quinn Nelson's Snazzy Q, uh, Snazzy Labs video on this, about the only way Apple would be able to stop this, uh, assuming uh, the beeper is right and it is fully legal, would be to change how iMessage works, which would then potentially 
uh, leave some older iPhones and other Apple products in the dust too. Um, it's, um, it could also, you can also sign in directly to iMessage on device on this without having a relay like in other attempts at this. It's going to be an interest, going to be interesting to see how this goes. Um, your final word, Jeff. Um, th- this whole thing is incredibly clever, and uh, yeah, Ben's right. It's reverse engineering, and it's uh, it's uh, faking certificates, forging certificates to make the whole thing work. What I am really looking forward to seeing is how Apple responds to this. Yes, is it going to get cracked? Yes. Are they going to block yeah. it? And, yeah, and if they do find a way to block it, uh, are are they going to end up doing what Ben suggested, which is uh, blocking or locking out some iPhone users, older iPhone users, from being able to effectively use iMessage, which I don't think Apple wants to do. So this yeah. this yeah. fun one, I'll be watching. Oh, by the way, yeah, it's going to be a two dollars two dollars subscription too. <laughs> Oh, oh, I hadn't seen that. Uh, Mm. So, so Roy, you're going to pay somebody $2 a month so you can have blue bubbles. Well, that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is that you can have end-to-end encrypted messages natively with iPhone users without having to rely on, uh, on meta. Uh, on Meta or other apps that are relaying stuff through servers. If, yep. if it is working as advertised and that's where I want to see the security people tear it apart and, and, and see, you know, and, and maybe they already have, maybe that's what you're referring to, Ben, but it just feels too new that somebody had, you know, I, I want the people that really know that stuff to go in, dig through it and tell me it's Okay. Oh, because, oh uh, Quinn. Yeah, sorry. That Quinn from Snazzy Labs tore apart the the code from it, showed exactly how it worked, and it since it's using all Apple's protocols, it looks secure. I would still be really hesitant to share anything. I would agree. You know, I, I, I every every time every time. Every time you think something is just impenetrable, somebody comes up with a way to mess with it. And and I, I don't know. I mean, make, maybe I've just gotten old, cynical, and paranoid. That'd be a great T-shirt. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it just, for heaven's sake, just go buy an iPhone. Yes. If you really want it that bad, if you really want to be sure your messages are end-to-end encrypted, you want them in blue bowls and all, go buy an iPhone. Agree with you with that. All right, let's uh, move on to the next story here. Um, we we talked about the the end of year awards for Apple on other uh, uh, other items like the App Store, but uh, there was an Apple Podcasts uh, announcement that uh, the podcast Wiser Than Me with Julie Louis Dreyfus was twenty twenty three show of the year. Uh, they named Apple did a name that show uh, show of the year as uh, 
Its annual award recognizes a podcast for its exceptional quality, innovation, and influence within the podcasting industry. Mm. Uh, Wiser Than Me debuted in April of 2023 and has since garnered acclaim for its distinctive approach featuring interviews with notable women such as Jane Fonda, Carol Burnett. So yeah, we got some big high-powered uh, actresses that are involved with this show. But I, I like Julia Louis-Gravis. She was always very... Uh, she, does, she has done some great work. And it's, it's kind of fun to see that all these mainstream actors and actresses are, are, are getting into the podcasting world because it just continues on as to the stage. And finally, they see hmm, maybe, maybe podcasting is worth doing something, right, Chuck? Yeah, it's it's the great democratizer, as they, as they say, because anyone can do it. Um, however, the, the problem that I see here is that it's in some ways like animal farm where all the animals are equal, but are some are more equal than others. Yep. And, uh, and by that, I mean, y- you have the people that can produce a quality show, but then you have the people that have the backing of production studios and production companies to, uh, to, really professionally create a show the same as if it were a TV show or a movie or uh, a radio show professional. And, uh, and that makes it difficult for everyone to compete on the, on that same playing field. That said, it's a great show. Yeah. What do you think, Chuck? Jeff, I think Jeff said it really well. Um, It's, we knew this was going to happen because this is what always happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the, the big name stars automatically, she's going to have a, sub- a subscriber base mm-hmm. because of who she is. Right. And I don't know about you, but I've, I got over very quickly because somebody had a podcast with a name that I would subscribe to it. I might try it, but after a while I I just burn out because the content is either the same thing over and over and over. Um, and there's there's no groundbreaking with all due respect to Apple's comments about, you know, innovation in the podcast industry. I'm not sure I see that here. I can think of I can think of about three dozen shows that I think deliver more value and more more diversity of topic and diversity of information um, than something like this. So good for her. That's that's great. But I, Jeff, you're right. I, I feel like whether I like it or not, she's playing in a different class than any of 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 us are, and and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, you got the last word, Ben. Honestly, at this point, uh, celebrity podcasts are the new cameo. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's good. I like that. I like <laughs> well it. Done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well, we can just wrap up the show right there yeah, because that, that's can't top that line. But yeah, another t-shirt. Do, do you want me to grab my mic so I can drop it? <laughs> drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we do have some comments in the chat at youtube.com slash in touch with iOS. Hi, Cletus and Webb. I see you in the chat. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, Cletus says uh, the shuttle pod one had a ton of Trek stories on it uh, in, uh, and, and some interesting backstories. So yeah, there are, there are other podcasts that have, interesting stuff but uh that's the thing uh, having these big name stars doing these podcasts i think are you know 
they're like you said, like you said, Chuck, right away, they're going to have these big audiences because of who they are. Yeah. And, and, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know, they're, they're leveraging it. And I guess the one, the, the ones that I've seen that have celebrities and, and that I have, I respect are the ones who are doing something that they couldn't do otherwise. That you know they their their talents their areas of expertise you know that they're they're breaking new grounds for themselves as well as the listeners. Yeah, I'm not so sure that's the case here. But again, you know she's she's got a lot of star power herself. She's bringing in even more star power. Good for you, go girl. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's uh, move on. Uh, next story: Instagram and Facebook Messenger chats are going to be disconnected this month. Uh, Meta has revealed plans to end Instagram's users' ability to chat with Facebook accounts later this month. It's uh, as we record it's in December of 2023, uh, rolling back a feature that they had introduced about three years ago. Uh, uh, back in 2020, uh, uh, Meta then Facebook announced that it was merging the Facebook Messenger and Instagram direct messaging to allow each those platforms to chat with each other and vice versa. Um, so according to an upgraded, uh, support page on Instagram, they're beginning mid December, they're going to, uh, the cross app communication features will no longer be available. Um, so definitely interesting to see is, is Meta looking to separate out these services? I mean, you got threads is the other one on, in there as well. Um, as far as chat goes, uh, what are your thoughts on this, Jeff? I want to know what the the reasoning behind this is because it doesn't make sense on the surface. Right. Why not make all of the various platforms that you have as interoperable as possible because then you increase the likelihood that uh, you maintain your user base inside your ecosystem. Um, right. I have seen the uh, the speculation that this has to do with uh, with e regulations and. Uh, and maybe I don't know. Um, it just, just from a regular business standpoint, it just feels kind of weird. Why, why not let all of these things interact? Yeah. Um, well, the, the article also comes back and says uh, speculations could be that it's a larger effort to comply with Europe's Digital Markets Act. Theory uh, Meta could be preparing to introduce a wider interoperability with Instagram messenger and WhatsApp, like Jeff, uh, Ben, you can go ahead and hit your thought on that. Since you put that in our chat, uh, a little private chat. Yeah. I, I think they're starting to wind down, wind down messenger and just roll our thing into WhatsApp. It only makes sense. Okay. So if they're doing that, why not leave everything, uh, interacting until you're ready to actually launch the the all-encompassing WhatsApp. Maybe they're about to do that. Yeah. yeah. It's possible. My thought on it, Chuck? I'm torn between Jeff's comment about interoperability and what seems to be the increasing complexity of all of the meta platforms trying to figure out which platform I'm on, who I'm communicating with, and what they're seeing or how I'm receiving back any feedback that I get from them. Um, I already have that issue a little bit with Messenger and Facebook. Now, that's the way I use Messenger and Facebook. But I I do – I almost feel like that – 
I don't know. I don't know if you just create one master platform and merge them all in, um, but then you're going to alienate some people who seriously dislike Facebook, but have made peace with Instagram. And then you have the threads users that are trying to do something completely different. So yeah. And then messenger versus WhatsApp. I mean, yeah, after a while it just gets, it's just this big soup that is becoming increasingly difficult to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next story. Uh, This happened uh, last week, but uh, I hadn't, we hadn't reviewed it uh, this week. Uh, the uh, entire team behind the popular iPhone app video app Filmic has been reportedly laid off. Uh, it's one of many favorite f- folks uh, have their favorite video apps. This is probably one of the bigger ones here. Uh, I guess it's might not be too long for the world. Um, according to a report, the entire team that was working on this app has been laid off by its parent company, Bending Spoons. Uh, the report explains uh, that uh, uh, Filmic was acquired by an Italy-based app developer that was Bending Spoons in 2022. And it's rumored to have gone through a round of layoffs, and those layoffs have been confirmed. Uh, so it, it's kind of sad to hear this. We we've been talk, we've talked about across all our shows here about this app, and and it's a it's an absolutely great app for video on on an iPhone. It's kind of sad to see, but they're saying in its place that the Black Magic's video and photography apps have been becoming increasingly popular since, and uh, and the Black Magic camera app was actually. The, the app that was using to shoot October's uh, sp- Apple special event entirely on the iPhone. So it, that kind of hints it away there as well. What do you think, Ben? Um, first, I'd like to start with this. Um, in addition to Black Ma- Magic, uh, the Lux, the team behind Halide, is now working on a video app. Okay. But um, honestly, <sighs> Filmic was first shown to me uh, by a colleague of mine, uh, Michael Artsis in New York. Uh, he did absolutely brilliant stuff when that app just came out. Uh, essentially creating in uh, big budget uh, DSLR setups for iPads. With, I mean, honestly, uh iPhone and iPad video would not have would not be where it's at without this app. And it just breaks my heart that this happened to this team in this app. Yeah. I, I'm app. hoping uh bending spoons uh can sell the IP to someone who will do something with it and bring it back to its former glory. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, what do you think? Well, Bending Spoons is a company that's known for picking up uh, apps that uh, that need to have some life br- breathed back into them. And, um, and typically, from what I've seen, their intent is to actually keep these apps alive. So if they've reached a point where they've had to lay off the entire um, uh, team for Filmic, then that tells me it's an app that, from a business standpoint, they deem to to not be viable anymore. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with Ben. I hope that that the the ip 
for Filmic can uh, find a new place to live and uh, and maybe becomes like an open source thing and the community keeps it alive. Uh, I, I would hate to see it leave. It's not the app that I use, but I appreciate the important uh, role it's played in in the mobile video space. So I don't want it to yeah. go away. You know, final word, Chuck, on this. I've had Neil Barham, the, uh, the the founder of Filmic, on the show on my show a couple of times, uh, along with a lot of his staff, different at different times at different trade shows. And this was an app that I used to shoot some of the video from a couple C, for a couple CESs, um, and it gave you things that the native iPhone app didn't. Now, and I don't know that it ever degraded, and and I don't think it's been Sherlocked. But the 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 video capabilities of the new phones, with all the different assets and resources and the different modes in which you can shoot, um, including log, is now a lot different than when Filmic was the star of the show. And so I don't know if it's perceived that there's not a need for this or that the competition is too stiff, given that it one of the main co- competitors is Apple. I don't know. I I'm with Jeff. I don't want to see it go away, but I also recognize that you know if the, if it wasn't able to keep up or if it wasn't able to differentiate itself under bending spoons properly, then you know that may have something to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go on. Move on to the news for this week. Um, starting with uh, beta uh, 17.2 iOS 17.2 is in the release candidate mode or the fifth beta, it was out this week. And uh, we're getting very close to the, the final version of 17.2. Um, we did say it was going to be sometime in December. I wouldn't be surprised. It could be as soon as next week as we record this. Um, so, and we've gone over many of the different uh, uh, added items that are in uh, 17.2. So it's uh, it's definitely going to be something that uh, we're going to be interesting to see here. Uh, so that's iPad, iPad OS 17.2 as well as uh, iOS 17.2. Do you see anything different uh, on beta this week, Ben? Um, well, I did see one big thing that's a little bit further down the list. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that quite yet. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, we finally got some answers on she too. Okay, right. And that it appears to be... Uh, very, very based on MagSafe since the iPhone 13 and 14 are being upgraded to Qi 2 with this uh, with this release. Um, I don't know why the iPhone 12 series was left out. There could have been some changes made with the 13, uh, but this is very exciting for uh, the previous two generations of phones. Oh, I agree. Anything stand out to you on your iPad there, Jeff? No, it's just working. Yeah, so nothing too crazy. A couple other interesting things uh, that are popping up, uh, and of course, uh, TV OS and Watch OS uh, Watch OS ten dot two is out. Uh, there wasn't uh, a ton of stuff that was added in, uh, in the Watch uh, update. 
Uh, they just have a number of improvements and bed fixes, so there really hasn't been a lot of huge standouts. A lot uh, less uh, Ben, you don't notice anything with your watch? Um, nothing. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, notably, some stuff has changed in TVOS. Believe it or not, we can actually talk about something on TVOS. Uh, I know. I know. One of the things was they were uh, talking about making some changes to the remote. Um, I, I I was uh, going through. There was uh, going to be uh, uh, there's going to be some uh, updates as far as uh, very minor in scale, but uh, the app does the the TV app now also includes a sidebar that houses content from both Apple services and streaming services. So I've noticed that as I've been baby testing. So you got like the little button at the top there, and it brings down the menu, and now you see. Uh, um, Apple TV Plus, the MLS Season Pass, uh, Sports, the Store, the Library, and um, some dedicated sections for streaming services like ABC, CBS, Hulu. Well, Hulu and Disney are going to be kind of together. I'll talk to you talking about that a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so uh, it did it did have that uh, that that really uh, stood out on it. So, um, and they're also going to be eliminating the uh, the iTunes. Uh, Movies and TV show apps in seventeen two two, which I never used anyway. Um, I never understood why that stuck around as long as it did. So, um, I think I'm the the lone iTunes movies user. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I think they found them at the same time as they found the trailers app. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was the lone trailers app user. Anything you use on this? On, on, do you ever use that, Chuck? Trailers app, yep. Yeah. Any of those apps? I, I, yeah, I mean, I, you know, dabbled in. And I can't say I, I can't say I was a user. I, I knew what they were. I knew they were there. Occasionally, somebody would steer me to one, but yeah, not. They weren't on my list of uh, of hits. Okay. Um. So, yep. So there'll be a few few things you'll see uh, uh, in in that. Uh, uh, so that's pretty much it as far as what what goes out what's going on with the uh, beta. Uh, but uh, I wanted to move on to another topic here. We had a number of bugs, bug fix, bugs that have been out here, and I wanted to kind of hit the, here just kind of in a in a, in a topic here. Uh, the first one was this iPhone, the, the iOS seventeen bug switches apps while you're typing, and how do you fix that? Have you guys experienced this at all when it, when you switch apps and while you're typing that it uh, it just switches? You have for to no type reason? a lot. So, like doing longer document in a, in notes, or or you're writing mm-hmm. a really long email, and I don't write stuff that long on my phone. Uh, that said, if it were to happen to me, oh, you would have known about it already. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, go I ahead, mean, go ahead. Yeah, I don't. It hasn't happened to me. But then again, I am a Swift key user. I do not use the standard mm-hmm. Apple keyboard. So I don't know if that has something to do with it or not. Okay. Yeah, it, it hasn't happened to me either. So that's why I, I found this to be interesting. But uh, there, there's been a fair amount of uh, discussion about it. So um, you just get kicked out of uh, out of messages or notes or other apps in mid-sentence. And you find themselves in another app because you're just uh, still tapping on the screen. screen. It's just um, like using a Mac. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and the bug can be hard to re- replicate, like they said here. So, but until they f- have a uh, have a fix, 
apparently there is a fix that you can go into accessibility and, and do. If you go into settings under accessibility under physical and uh, physical and motor and select touch, you can turn off the switch next uh, read, reachability and that what that could. Oh help. right, you have to turn off reachability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's so that lame. could help you. Yeah, well, so why do you want to uh, uh, turn off uh, accessibility feature? So. Right, especially one that's really useful because our phone screen, screens are so big. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, uh, the uh, other the other bug that was kind of interesting actually this uh, this came across the news uh, today as we record this. Um, if you're using a magic keyboard, you've opened up a attack vector. Now, this is a researcher that had found a way to enter. Uh, type on your Mac, iPad, or iPhone without your permission. You're kind of connected if you're connected to a, a Bluetooth Magic Keyboard. Now, b- being able to connect keyboards wirelessly is an, obviously an enormous boom using Bluetooth, uh, but Bluetooth has never been the most secure of technologies. And this researcher had just now found a vulnerability. Uh, they're saying uh, he's saying that he's investigating a report of unauthenticated Bluetooth keystroke injection vulnerabilities in both Mac OS and iOS for some time. And at this point, he still thinks that uh, Bluetooth was probably okay-ish, but uh, okay, I like that word. Is, um, the, the, but uh, the, the mirage of Apple security uh, was starting to fade. Um, so I guess what it is is uh, you, you can uh, the vulnerabilities are by working by tricking the Bluetooth host state machine into pairing with a fake keyboard without user confirmation. An underlying unauthenticated pairing mechanism in the in the defined in Bluetooth specifications continues an implementation of specific bugs are exposing uh, uh, exposing that to the attacker. Um, how do you protect Wait, so yourself? Doesn't that make it a Bluetooth yeah. in general thing and not just a magic keyboard yeah, thing? That, that's what I'm thinking. We're going to hit another story here that's a bit about Bluetooth, but that's what I'm thinking. With this, that's what I found this to be intriguing. To what? Why is this is this has been unsecure for a while, but no one's really made such a big deal out of it, right? Yeah, that tells me it's probably not as uh, as big of a problem, practically speaking, as it sounds. I mean, yes, this is a big problem, but if uh, if we're not really seeing this exploited, then um, you know. It's probably not not that big of of a situation or issue in the real world, but still, I'm trying trying to figure out why are they saying, "Hey, it's a magic keyboard thing," when it sounds like it's actually a Bluetooth thing. Yeah. Seems it because it's Apple. That's why. I mean, oh <laughs> right, because that's <laughs> how right. you get the clicks. Yeah, David, go back and and do that quote again. Where that where was it? The veil of Apple security or something is you know fading. Uh, come on, guys. You know, it, yeah. anytime you're doing wireless, any kind of wireless communication, you're yeah. a lot more vulnerable than if you're using wired communication. Uh, it, it just is. I, you know, I, and and I'm not. And given the fact that it's Bluetooth, we already have questions over the range of Bluetooth. It's gotten better, but you know, yeah. this seems like something you would have to be in the in the same room or the the very next room. Um, unless somebody has found a way to really amp up Bluetooth or amp up Bluetooth reception and transmission. So, yeah, I, I take nothing away from the fact that this is an issue, 
but I'm I'm with you. I think it's more than just a Bluetooth or just more than an, an Apple issue. All right, I'm reading up on this now. Here's here. The, okay, so it's a Bluetooth problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now Apple's part in this it has to do with uh, with the bug in their implementation. So Apple can address their bug, and that fixes the problem. But it's a problem that affects Android and uh, and Linux and Windows. Yeah. So nobody notices Windows because there are already so many holes that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh. It's just one oh, more. Yeah. Well, Windows is just like they're more. It'd be a story if something was secure. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. You go. Okay. And and. Targeting or calling out the magic keyboard, um, unless it's an implementation bug only related to Bluetooth on magic keyboard, then um, this is kind of a disingenuous piece. It it has legit information, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's legit information. Wrapped in clickbait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, personally, I prefer my information wrapped in bacon. Yeah, that's much better. Way tastier mm-hmm. than clickbait. Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's two articles here where you, in the show notes to talk about this. Uh, there was also st- just the overall vulnerability with Bluetooth and a security hole attack. And like you said, it's just something Apple, they've known about it in and and in general, Bluetooth is not the most secure thing uh, when it comes to connections. Uh, you don't want to be doing any networking of that kind of stuff with a Bluetooth device. And then and, and also, why do you think a lot of there are a lot of companies out there who try not for people to use Bluetooth keyboards and mice and go back to the standard old USB uh, uh, device because you don't have that problem with those. But uh, but everybody continues to want to have that convenience of having a Bluetooth device. It's because it is convenient and makes life easy. When it comes to that so um so uh once in a while here we have a good uh, discussion about a little bit of this week in streaming technologies here and uh it's interesting to see how how streaming is evolving uh and there's notably some been news some news uh about a number of, of potential bundles as well as merging merging of applications uh, first one that was interesting is and it had nothing has been officially announced just yet but it looks it's sounding promising is the fact that Apple and Paramount are, are considering a discounted TV Plus uh, streaming bundle. Uh, this was actually in the Wall Street Journal as a quote here from Mac Rumors. Uh, companies have been talking about offering a combination of both Paramount Plus and Apple TV Plus that would cost less than the subscribing to both the services separately. Uh, so they're, they are noting that potentially this could happen because, you know, Apple just did announce some price increases on the Apple on Apple TV Plus. It went from uh, $6.99 a month to $9.99 a month. That's a three dollar rise, um, and and I and we're starting to see more and more trends of this where they're, they're bundling. Um, now, also, which so Showtime was part of that, decided to take their own service, Showtime, and, and bundle it with with Paramount Plus. Uh, so that's kind of an uh, that's not, that's not as as a similar thing that's happening as 
but I don't want your guys take a, on, on these kinds of bundle bundlings that your bundles that you're seeing um, when it comes to, to these streaming services. I mean, th- this is like the I find this to be the most fascinating time right now in in the streaming world. Com- you know, compared to everybody, have talked about cord cutting and getting away, getting away from cable TV and all that. So, uh, Ben, let me start with you. What what do you think of this particular um, discussion about mer- the, these bundles? Yeah, um, we're at a time where TV is definitely in books. Yeah. Uh, we went away from the traditional cable mo- cable model, went to a la carte, uh, which didn't seem to be profitable for anybody. Uh, now they're kind of trying to re- recreate that cable model for these bundles. Um, I would be interested to see how they do it. Is it going to be... Would it, I mean, essentially, I would assume it would be bundling Paramount Plus as a channel within Apple TV. Uh, but if I can get a discount that way, or if Apple can can get similar discounts with other streaming services, um, that would be something I'd have to look with look at. The other thing, um, I'm not since I'm not a. a channels user for paramount plus currently uh i would be kind of interested to know how that handles the uh the live tv aspect of paramount plus that's true um because uh speaking of that you also have hulu and disney are now merging their apps into one so the hulu standalone uh service not the live tv version of it uh the the customers who subscribe to that uh bundle already you can now access hulu content through a you know, like a universal hulu disney plus beta app that's out there right now um it's it's available to for bundle subscribers as of now but they're planning to test it the combined service before it rolls out next spring so you're gonna start seeing the same thing you've got all the all the hulu content and then you have all of the disney plus content that are going to be all in one place and, and Hulu was kind of a, a kind of a service anyway that, that that did that because you see stuff from like Fox and FX and a lot of other content providers that are on Hulu anyway that are, that weren't necessarily part of that. One of the things that really stemmed this 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 merger of the apps is because uh, Disney decided to buy out the rest of uh, the thirty three percent of what Comcast had owned of Hulu. So now Comcast just go on their own merry way. <laughs> Let's let this service do its thing. So. Um, what do you think, Chuck, on this, these kinds of bundles? I don't want you to hear your thoughts. I think the bundles are fine. I mean, if, if it if it helps the consumer, what what I think is interesting, bundles are one thing. This combining of services, merging services, wrapping services into one into another, yeah. we're back to the whole where is my show and how do I watch it right. thing. And every time you make one of these changes, I think it looks good in the boardroom and it may even look good in the engineering department, but I'm not sure that anybody is looking at a at a user a user acceptance or user experience uh, angle. And it, it just I, I mean, every time I turn on my my TV, whatever that means anymore. You know, does that mean I'm turning it on to streaming or does it mean I'm turning it on to broadcast or something else? I, I don't want to have to go and look all the time. And, and so many of them, especially notably Amazon, you know, they're constantly throwing things up at me saying, here, check this out, check this out, check this out. It's like, 
okay, I freely admit, sometimes they'll throw something at me. It's like, hey, that looks interesting. Maybe I'll put that on my list. But for the most part, and and I mean, maybe I may be an outlier, but when I turn it on, I've got a pretty good idea of what I intend to want to watch. Not like it used to be. So I'll sit down and see what's on TV tonight. No, you know, I, I know where I want to go, but you're constantly trying to distract me or worse, put up barriers to me getting to where I want to go. And so that's, and, and I've, I realized that was not exactly your question, Dave, but I think that yeah. there is, that that's part of an answer because Hulu, what was it? Hulu and Disney. Did I have right. that right? Did they, yeah. They, yeah. they wrapped it into one app. Okay. Well, well then what the heck is that? App? Yeah. But what, I mean, what is that app going to look like and how much as a new user am I going to have to struggle to find what it is that I wanted to see? And I know it's there. I just don't know where to find it. Um, that's, I mean, that's a real challenge. For me, I liked the Disney Plus interface far more than Hulu's. So testing it a little bit myself, it's a lot easier for me to find content on Hulu now. Plus, um, it's one less uh, app to look through. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point, Ben. And so maybe I'm, my, I am looking at it wrong. Um, I do think, though, that it's healthy that if if I'm a content provider, if I'm one of these services, I like the idea of being able to partner with Jeff today and see how it goes. And if it's not going so well or if Ben can give me a better deal, maybe next week I'll p- p- par- partner with with Ben. Or maybe I'll partner with both of you. And we'll either do a mega bundle or I'll just have two separate bundles, depending on who, what you're each delivering, that would complement what I'm offering. I mean, yeah. your head can swim with all the with all the uh, the options, and that in itself is a bit of a problem. And and, and really, and then go back to to the content itself, accessibility. You know, you have it in every place that you can really conceivably think as far as accessing this. Apple TV, Roku, at Google TV, you have uh, all those set-top type boxes. You got your built-in smart TV. You can access this stuff. So it's where is this all going to go? And when they start bundling these these apps, now all those services have to make the, the, all those uh, devices have to make the adjustments by the, the, getting the developers to create their new apps and getting them to work right. And yeah, you know, it's, it's going to get a little interesting to see how that particular service works, specifically uh, Hulu and Disney. Oh, and meanwhile, I don't know that anybody's invented a time machine. There are only so many hours in a day that you or week that, too. that you can dedicate to uh, to watching videos. So, therefore, I think that most people are just going to become even more intentional than they are now. Yeah. And if you're putting up a barrier to me getting to something I want to watch, gee, I may find something else to watch somewhere else. Yeah. And then you know, I've I've changed my workflow. I've changed my my viewing flow now because we got you know, I got I went as everybody I've mentioned shows before I cut the cord got rid of Comcast and I've been pretty much on YouTube TV and, and I actually been pretty happy with it for the most part um I think it's got some room for improvement for its interface but uh you know for the most part it it, it gets me what I want but now you got I've got my top at the at my top row look at my top row of my Apple TV I have Apple TV plus I I have Max I'm a subscriber for that and we have Netflix and, and Paramount plus um, and then I also add into the bundle uh, friendly uh, friend, uh, TV, which is a uh, 
you know, a, sm a smaller service, but, you know, I really like to watch a lot of the content from the A&E networks and you know, notably history channel. And, uh, that app doesn't have a very good interface. It needs some pretty good improvement, but at least I have access and it doesn't cost a terribly a big amount of money. I think it's like $7 a month or something like that um, for, for a service like that. So, um, and uh, just happy to not be dealing with the cable anymore. Uh, so, but then there's also another way you can get around this. And I wanted to, I, I, I remember I was going to review this and just add it to the show notes. So I'm not going to uh, surprise you guys here is uh, a service that's called Ta Tableau TV. And you can buy this device uh, from them that allows you to uh, have an outdoor out uh, an external antenna using, you know, the, the HD connections with a little device. And I've tried this, this, this method for many times, you know, there was a service like a device called the home run HD. I got, I absolutely hated it. The reception was horrible. I mean, I don't, I don't want to go up on my roof and have to put up an antenna. If I want, I want to have been able to have the option to be able to have a, you know, these indoor antennas these days, as long as you point it into the, wherever the, the, the towers are for the TV stations in your, in your area, um, you should have a pretty good, uh, way in the reception. Um, so I hooked this up. I, I got it set up in in the bedroom. The nice thing about it is it doesn't have to sit in a place where it's near your 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 internet connection. It could be anywhere because it could be on the Wi-Fi can network. And I must say I'm pretty impressed how this Tableau TV is working. Um, the only only thing I'm complaining about is that it has no Apple TV app, and you can't watch it on your iPhone or your iPad, uh, and it has no smart TV. So I I of course have a Google TV. <laughs> device. Uh -huh. So I went to try it and uh, on the Google TV device and the experience is decent. I mean, it, it, it does go through and, and, um, and it, uh, does grab out all these state, all these channels that are out in the open air of the, your, an HD antenna, uh, in the Chicago area. Unfortunately, I know like channel two, which is CBS here is all, has always been known to having horrible reception. And, and, and I, and when I hooked it up, I fully expected and was right that, that channel with this indoor antenna um, doesn't uh, come in well, and it sometimes says it, it can't get the signal. So, uh, but these have been these services have been around forever, trying to get trying to get you know better experience. And but the good thing is this is, can be on the it's on your network, so now you have access to it. All those other services that tried to to, to retransmit that the, the local stations obviously got shut down because they weren't getting their royalties. Well, this device is just doing an. In, in between of of the antenna and, and bringing it to you without having to have a TV. So, Chuck, I know you also explored this too. Have you had? Do you have any comments or of the experience you've had with this? I've had good experience with Dave. I mean, you've you pointed out some of the some of the uh, gaps right for the moment, but yeah. uh, I, this is the first thing that I've had any significant success with, as far as being able to replace my cable because of where I live. reception is a little bit shaky. Um, sure. not because I'm, I'm, it's not a proximity issue. It's a what's between me and the tower issue. Um, right. and so this is the first time I've had any kind of reliable luck with this. And it's, I, you know, it's, it's well worth looking at. Um, I have to say that the as experimenting with it, I'm probably watching more broadcast TV than I haven't in, in a long time. And and this is an editorial comment that may take us back to somewhere else, but God, there are a lot of ads. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for for thirty sure. minutes of programming, holy cow! You know, you're using up six, seven, eight minutes. I swear of ads, 
And it makes me long for the streaming services. Even with the streaming service, the ads aren't as obnoxious as the yeah. number that you're getting on broadcast TV, right? Broadcast TVs. But you know what? The cool thing is it also has a built-in DVR. So you are able to record shows. And I believe, and you can fast forward through the, through the commercials like we've done with TiVo mm -hmm. and some of the other types of set-top boxes that you bought on your own. So I think this is a promising uh, device. I really, I really do. Uh, I think it's something that's uh, that that uh, could have some potential. Finally, I mean, it's been a long time. Uh, Jeff, you don't have any experience with this stuff. Right? Does anything you this interest you? I played with Tableau when it first came out. Yeah, they had the old version. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and it, you know, it was, back then it was a little black box, and right. it was great. And I loved that it let me uh, grab content from wherever I needed to get it, mm -hmm. and the device could live wherever it needed to because it was just on the network. I I think Tableau is a really great thing. And if you're a cord cutter and you want your uh, deaf over the air local TV, this is a great way to do it. Um, it's the best way to do it. I'm curious to see how this plays out though, as, uh, as uh, local TV stations, slowly work to push the new protocol that increase the local signal, which right. means you have to have a a specific box to be able to get your local TV. And, uh, and that raises a whole nother uh, set of problems because now you're at your gatekeeping over the air content. And there is a segment of, the, of our population that uh, that doesn't have the money to pay for encrypted content, and mm -hmm. uh, and now they're going to lose that at some point. Yeah, I'm totally taking us down a rat hole all of a sudden. But Tableau, mm. it's great. No, I mean this this is uh, something to to take a look at. Uh, so I highly I highly recommend it, uh, and uh, to, to, to to take a look at where it's at. So. One last thing I wanted to uh, touch on. We had a couple other topics, but uh, we're getting close to time here. But this app, I noticed, I, I rec, I found, I really love having apps that allows you to be able to share your iPhone on your on your on your Mac and be able to uh, uh, share the screen, so you illustrations as well as be able to uh, record your device and and all that stuff. And I've I've used many, I've I've had many of these types of uh, applications before, but this one this one looks pretty gosh darn good because it's it's the best part about it is it's very quick and reactive when you're when you're moving your device around because I'm always uh, I'm always dealing with uh, uh, it having a bit of a lag here, um, and it's called Bezel B E Z E L and allows you to show your iPhone on your Mac, present, record an iPhone, and be able to do a presentation. Um, it does have a, a demo version where you can try it out. It has just watermarks on it, but uh, you know, support developer. It's twenty nine dollars. It's not it's not a bad thing at all. But uh, I think it's a really cool app. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this before. I have seen this before, and I agree it's a cool app. I, I like that we have multiple choices for how we get the content from our uh, iPhones and iPads onto our Macs. Um, like if we're doing presentations mm -hmm. or you need to, uh, to do a video recording of what's happening on your iPhone and you don't want to have the, the red record uh, banner thing 
on the recording, it's it's nice to have options. Yep. Any other thoughts from the from the panel? Just that I've I've read about I this. I I haven't played with it yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it myself myself, but I'm literally downloading this right now. <laughs> Good. Um, so yeah, check it out. Uh, the app, uh, the link is in the show notes, uh, worth, 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 uh, uh to check the things out. And again, uh, what, if it is, you see the picture on here, it's actually showing you actually can mirror two, two copies of the same iPhone. So you actually can have them in different parts of the screen. So you're even getting a more immersed way of being able to do a presentation. Well, I like how, uh, they overlay the bezel of the iPhone. Yeah. It knows the, the bezel. Yeah. So, yeah, so if you want it to look as if it's the physical phone as opposed to just uh, um, casting the the screen to another device, yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I mean, I've got got a red iPhone XR here, and when it gets connected, it knows that's what it Mm -hmm. is, and you've got the red red frame, and just like the iPhone it is. Um, So I I think they've done some great things with this. A lot of good positive feedback, too. So. Um, but, uh, that could conclude the show for this week. I think we've, uh, uh, done some great topics and, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for the week here. So, and that is a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Mastodon, which is at intouchwithios at techhangout.social. Support the show by buying me a coffee at in touch with ios.com slash coffee we really appreciate it you can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash in touch with ios to have two tiers available to support the show we would really appreciate it make sure you like share and subscribe and and you will be notified when we are live streaming which is on thursday nights at 8 p.m eastern and 5 p.m pacific a shout out to to web and brett and uh cletus and others who are in the chat this week and you, and you can go to that's our youtube channel which is youtube.com slash in touch with ios which you can watch the live stream as well as watch the recording of the live stream as well as all listening to all of our past shows visit in touch with ios magazine on flipboard where many of the topics we discussed are flipped into the magazine that link is in our show notes you can subscribe to the show in your favorite podcatcher including pocket Casts, overcast apple Podcasts, many others but better yet just go to our website at intouchwithios.com where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there I'm Dave Ginsberg. You can find me on Mastodon at DaveD65 at Mastodon.cloud. And Chuck Joyner, thanks again for being here as well. And where can people find you? Hey, David, thanks for having me as always. It's always a blast. MacVoices.com is where you'll find me. Uh, We are still releasing holiday gift guide shows, uh, among our other Mac Voices content. Um, We do a live show Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV with all three of these delinquents and some of our other friends. And (laughs) it's always a whole lot of fun. David seems to keep better control of his guests than than I do. I don't know why. (laughs) It's the same guests. Yeah, I know. That's a disturbing thing. Dave, you got to talk to me about that later. Um, <laughs> and on, on any of the socials, you can find me as at Chuck Joyner. Thanks again. Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate it. Ben Rasek, thank you for being here as well. And uh, where can people find you? Well, Dave, you can find me at Ben Rasek on your social media of choice. Uh, for my writings, you can find me at Rasek.tech. 
on Tuesday nights. Uh, you can find you can find me with uh, with the aforementioned cast of delinquents on Mac Voices Live on Thursday day. You can find me on the uh, the big show on the uh, on the British Tech Network. Now that we paid our zero dollars, or in this case, zero pounds. And Friday, you can find me on the Mac Show. Great, thank you, Ben. Last but certainly not least, Jeff Gamut. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Where can people find you? It's always a treat. So, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's great to be here. Okay, so uh, Jay Gamut on social media, Mastodon on Instagram, and Threads. That's that's where I'm posting stuff right now. Then uh, shows. Mac Voices Live on Tuesdays, then here on uh, In Touch With iOS on Thursdays, then for the British Tech Network, Thursdays on the Big Show, Fridays on the Mac Show, and also uh, Brian Chaffin and I would do the Context Machine. Great. Thank you, Jeff. And thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show because we enjoy doing it, and we'll talk again soon. 